0: Hi, I'm James, and this is James Explores the New Mutants, an issue-by-issue exploration of Marvel's comic book series, The New Mutants. Welcome to episode 37, entitled Possessions, in which I'll be examining issue number 31. Please stay tuned. So, as has become custom uh, of this podcast, we will review the creative team for issue number 33. Uh, Saturday Night Fight um, And obviously Chris Claremont Still writing the book We have Bill Sienkiewicz on art He's going to be done After this issue He's going to include the story arc And he is no longer going to be the artist On this title And it's a huge, huge shift um, And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more About that here momentarily uh, Lettering is Joe Rosen, and he's filling in. He's filling in for Ozuchewski, who's currently working, at this time, was working on the Asgard Wars, as I explained last issue, last episode. Um, two episodes ago now. <clears throat> and the colorist is Glynis Oliver, and Anasenti's our line editor, and Jim Shooter is editor-in-chief. So, Zinkevich Um... Yeah. He's revolutionary. His art in the New Mutants is revolutionary, and I've argued time and time again that uh, what he does in these books uh, changes what artists did in comics. It's 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 definitely. it he 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 breaks from the norm he is exploring something new and doing something different he is not part of what has been seen in comics prior to this um his style is very different from the marvel house style of the time of the x-men house style of that time and <clears throat> whether you like it or not i think it's interesting that you know, it's, it's a big deal. I, I find it to be absolutely stunning. I love his work. Um, for so many reasons, uh, I really like how it conveys emotion. I think it's really great at conveying um, emotion and uh, the tension. And he's a competent artist. He's capable of so many things. But here, he just got to really push the boundaries of what comics could, what, you know, this medium could could express through art And you know I think he did a fantastic job It's it's sad to see him go But um, I will say this As I've reviewed his run His, in my opinion He has highlights throughout all of his run There's stuff that I'm just blown away by Panels, pages, layouts um, Stuff that I'm just like absolutely awestruck by but i think for me the story that is really his defining defining piece for new mutants is the demon bear saga and it's obvious you know to me why it's such a classic um it is the best 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 story arc in the early new mutants possibly the best story arc in new mutants um for a reason, you know, and uh, nothing else, in my opinion, really comes close to that. And there's lots of reasons uh, that could be, uh, I think, the case. I I I love the Legion story, you know, that Legion arc. I find that very pleasing. I also like this Gladiator arc. I I think that some of my issues with it, my <laughs> my problems with it, uh, probably stem from or my, my preference for Let's say that. Let's my preference for the demon bear saga is that, <coughs> that it's a, the whole team's involved in that arc. It centers on Danny, one of my favorite characters, you know, and, uh, these other arcs, you know, they split the team up and one does center on Danny. And that's, that's, you know, I, enjoyable for me. Uh, but the team is, a, a, you know, it's split up. It's shrunk, um, which which there's a good thing about that. We get to explore dynamics of characters that we might not otherwise um, get to see how characters relate to one another. And other characters get to take more of a central role that they may not have, have had the opportunity other, otherwise. That being said... Um, especially, especially this, this arc with the gladiators. So much of the time is stuck, stru- focusing on the Beyonder, which gives us some good insight into Illyana uh, magic, which I think is good and wonderful and, and worthwhile. But we do see a lot of time focused on Kitty Pride and Kitty Pride's fantastic. I, I love her character, and I love her character development in especially this issue but she's not a new mutant and she kind of steals the show in some ways you know and i'm not you know i don't know where i fe- how i feel exactly about that you know if, if 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 it's problematic for if it's problematic for the focus of a this book to be the stuck on on Cloak and Dagger, then I, I think it's just as problematic for it to be stuck on Kitty Pride and, and possibly Rachel Summers and Dazzler, who are not New Mutants. Now, this is going to help bring Dazzler to the X-Men, and it's going to tie her story to them more directly, and that's a good thing. Um, and so in terms of the overall X-Men area of Marvel, the X-Men pit of Marvel, however you want to phrase that like it it does some significant things it brings some teams together it brings some characters in to play that may not have been in in play but uh you know what this does for new mutants uh characters um it would have been nice to have it be more focused solely focused on the new mutants characters i'll say that um but otherwise the art's fantastic um, but it it's just something where I'm not continually baffled and blown away. And it and it may be too that the Demon Bear saga it hits after a fairly house style run. We have McLeod and then Busema and then it's Zinkevich, and his style is so such a drastic change from what we'd seen previously, and then it becomes the norm. And so by the time he gets to the end of his run, it's it's pretty much expected. And so he may have to push further and harder and have more, you know, push at the boundaries more to be more, uh, you know, shocking. And it's not always necessary to tell a story to do, you know, to, to make it shocking. Um, so maybe it's just that I've become used to seeing it. Um, that being said, we're going to see Leliola step in and he's going to kind of mirror Uh, Zinkevich's style it's not exactly the same but uh there's some some definitely uh some comparisons he he's more abstract I think which fits the title honestly when you're when you're dealing with characters uh teenage characters who you know teenage characters who are are dealing with change and emotion and puberty and like you know, emotional upheaval and social development. And, you know, I think abstract kind of helps convey some of the stuff that maybe isn't isn't going to be written out. Anyways, it's going to be sad to see him go. It is a sad thing, but we will push forward. And there's brilliant stuff to come. So please, please stay tuned to that. Um, like I said, it's the New Year versus the Gladiators here. And maybe before we go any farther I might as well talk about my the birth of my daughter. Uh this is a little out of place, but it probably needs to be talked about. Uh yeah, she she came into the world at eight fifty five uh Wednesday morning and it's it's Monday <laughs> the following week and I'm recording this episode. She's sitting in the bassinet in front of me, uh, sleeping. And we're just going to give this a go. Uh, I want to keep doing the podcast, and I'm going to do my best to continue. Um, But she's wonderful. She's absolutely wonderful. Like I said, she came into into the world at 8.55 in the morning. We'd been up all night pretty much, got a few hours of sleep. Uh, It's been a whirlwind since then. She is roughly just about, she's seven pounds now, her weight's beginning to to uh, stabilize she's about seven pounds about 20 inches long she is perfect and wonderful and i love her so much and it's been so so baby focused right lately obvious for obvious reasons uh but yeah we're gonna keep going on this podcast because i really enjoy it uh so let's let's dive into this um Our first splash page, we see Amara and Roberto. They're they're fighting this massive hulking nightmare, this massive monster, uh, this behemoth, and uh, it, it reminds me. It has been pointed out to me that that it look that m- what it reminds me of is the the Rancor car- from Star Wars, and. You know, to me, it's just the way it's presented here. I don't know, but it just, that's what it reminds me of. Uh, and that's thanks to Matthew Birdsey uh, from Twitter. He he pointed that out to me. He corrected that for me. Uh, but yeah, that's what this big, huge, monstrous being reminds me of. Now, Alison Blair is performing on the center stage, and she's singing, and... Transforming all this music into and noise into just beautiful, amazing light obviously that is her power, and that's what she's doing on center stage. It is drawing the eye it's captivating it's it's helping to whip this crowd into um, a fervor and in the the private box um, at the edge of the stadium at the edge of the The gladiatorial arena sits in that unknown figure that in this the master of the games this this being that is just enjoying and cheering on this violence and death um she she she, it is this this being i think we know now it's a she um and most of us probably know who it is she is cheering it on she is the villain she's villain splaining in this scene uh we know, and and telling us about what this beast this, this massive nightmare giant beast monster creature thing is and she tells us a robot locked within is kitty pride roberto and romara Mar- um, you know are fighting her uh this this beast this creature they're prepared to do battle with it and they don't know kitty is in it or and kitty is unable to to she's possessed she's she's phased in this this giant robot thing and and possessed she's uh, under the influence of something and is prepared to destroy um destroy Roberto and Amara and the villain this villainous monster this villainous you know, figure, this, this woman, uh, is beginning to toy with the idea that whoever comes out victorious, whether it's Roberto and Amara or Kitty Pride, she'll have Dazzler kill them uh, for her own amu- amusement. And we also find out that the audience that's paid so much money to come and watch this violence and is just enthralled with it. She's and they're 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 you know obviously very wealthy, wealthy well-to-do Los Angelites. Um They've been photographed coming into the stadium, so she'll use that to blackmail them. So she is an absolute greedy monster. Um, now, Roberto hears during her it's his battle with with this giant monster. Uh, hears a voice in his head, and he thinks he recognizes it. Um, it, But this also distracts him, and he gets punched, and he's, uh, or he punches, sorry, and his fist sinks in the robot. Um, And it swats Roberto away, knocking him, you know, head over heels. Magma then quickly opens a fissure below it, Below this creature, magma, uh, Amara is able to turn her body into uh, molten lava, living lava, essentially. And she opens this fissure below and this giant, massive creature hovers, floats in midair. Amara wants to use her flame, but Roberto recognizes those powers. He recognizes that... There's a person who can phase, and when they're phased, they can they can float on air. And he realizes it's Kitty. Now this realization it irritates. I mean, it angers, enrages um, the villain. Um, and we discover Kitty is being possessed. That has been confirmed at this point. Um, and the villain says, "Totally under my control. She was, and she still resists." Charles Xavier rot his soul taught her well now the villain really begins to strain trying to really force the robot uh to kill you know to really continue its attack and it reaches out and grabs grabs Roberto in his sunspot form and begins crushing him, lifting up up in the air and it this robot this creature thing pulls back a fist ready to just pulverize him just crush him into nothing and it the creature stops hesitates and in this moment Magma also is unsure of what to do she's heard Sunspot and doesn't want to hurt Sunspot and doesn't want Sunspot to be hurt but also doesn't want to hurt her team her friend Kitty so she's stuck now like I said the creature is hesitating and the villain yells you know for it to kill kill him, They're like, just kill him and the crowd, uh, Dazzler's calling for blood and the crowd is enraged and just like in bloodlust and from the creature a strange uh, arm reaches through and a really strange, struggling voice says, not today, Blondie um, Kitty fights and forces herself free Like just phases from the robot She tells Roberto to get back As the robot crashes to the ground Before them And this enrages the crowd You know, they're not happy They're here for blood They want something, you know, more They want violence And this isn't it Kitty and the new mutants That are here Amara and Bobby They're trying to regroup And... This is when Dazzler launches her attack. She fires a blast at uh, from behind Amara, or knocking Amara back. Um, and now she is involved, and the New Mutants aren't really sure uh, what's going on. But uh, uh, Amara is isn't doesn't hesitate to 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 return. Uh, to blast a lava blast at Dazzler. In return, she's ready to do battle. Now, Kitty, she does realize that Dazzler had just like she had been was was possessed. Um, and well, <clears throat> Roberto and Amara are beginning to react to Dazzler. Kitty has is is going to make her move to try to interrupt this possession and she goes to that big creature she pulls off this metal spike and she throws it she figures that this villain well it has the ability to telepathically possess people um it's not going to be able to affect a physical assault and so if she can stunt if she can interrupt its possession through a surprise attack then that that hopefully will sever uh her her control of Dazzler. And so she throws this giant spike that she removes from that massive robotic creature that she had been entombed in, and sure enough, it's flying right at uh, the villain. Now, she, throughout this, Kitty is calling this villain Fatso, and oftentimes in media... Uh, How do I rephrase this? Let's say, oftentimes in comics and probably in movies and and all sorts of uh, television, whatever, bad bad guys are fat, you know? Um, Like, here we have the villain is fat and for most of us, I think we know who she is. Um, She is overweight, um, extremely overweight. Jabba the Hutt was overweight. Um, You know, it just... Boss Hog. I mean, we there's a list that is just you know massive, um, and you know connotations of weight, and especially when you're dealing with women, as being bad or good, or uh, it, it's problematic, and certainly. Weight has nothing to do with whether someone is a good person or a bad person, and um, the way it's handled here is is fairly problematic. Like, if you aren't a certain shape, uh, then then there's something wrong with you. Um, and if you're not a certain uh, body type, there's something wrong with you. And 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 we're not even into the nineties the era where all women are supermodels with large breasts and big butts you know like we haven't even entered that era and we we are having uh a, a point where there's where there's a fat female protagonist or a villain and and that is one of the reasons that she is mocked you know and it's it's just problematic. Uh, it's not a very good message to send women, uh, in my opinion. And it's something people should be aware of and be careful with because, uh, it is problematic. You know, um, eating disorders are a real thing and, you know, it's not something that should be encouraged. I don't think in any sort of media, that's just my personal opinion. Um, and I, and I'll stand by that. Now, that being said, uh, at this moment, as, you know, the villain is, you know, has a spike flying at, at its head, she, it's, you know, she screams, lets out a scream, and in the next panel, there's a kaboom, and here comes uh, Sam with, in, with Into tow, uh, Rachel and Ileana, he's carrying them both, um, so this kaboom, I assume is him breaking the sound barrier, so in fact, he does have a, have a sound um he does create sound now dazzler has not been freed from possession and in fact here we get something we haven't seen in a very long time around dazzler's head in this image we have a pink hue and there's a line and then there's a the pink hue around our villain's head and Dazzler's still possessed and she blasts, zaps uh, Kitty in the back and is having none of this and she summons a demon and has Dazzler pulled into limbo. Uh, At this moment in Storm's, all of the gladiators led by Ivanich. Ivanich is a friend of Dazzlers and she wants blood. And the new mutants and the X-Men characters begin to scrap with the with with these uh, gladiators and, and it's a pretty even fight initially, but things begin to turn. Um, as the teamwork and training that new mutants have gone through Uh, comes to the fore and slowly but surely the tide shifts to the new mutants. Uh, Kitty tells, uh so Rachel also notices at this point that there's a pretty powerful telepath other than herself here and she calls it a hymn Um, and that's going to become relevant later here. Um, It's very malevolent. uh it's a pretty it's it's a st- superbly evil force um dazzler uh is is brought back at kitty's request and she tells Ileana that like she's not she's it wasn't her she's possessed and and she's betting that being pulled into limbo will free her of that possession so kitty Ileana says, "Okay, I'll bring her back, but you know if she she's causes any trouble if she gets in the way. Anything, I'm t- she's going back. Like and there's nothing, you know, nothing, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, so Ileana brings Dazzler back, uh, and Dazzler's pretty shook and shaken here. She's she's really apologetic. She feels horrible, and." Kitty has no time for it as she's fighting. She says, save it for later. Right now, kick your light show into high gear and use it to calm down those bozos, bozo buddies of yours before somebody gets hurt. You know, and so uh, out in, you know, she she has no time to debate whether Dazzler, you know, is acting inappropriately, if there's there's something wrong or not. Uh, She just needs this, things to calm down. They need to, you know, to end this fight. They can't continue this fight, you know, not with that powerful telepath here. And in this moment, there's sirens in the distance and they're coming closer. It's the cops. And people are beginning to scramble, to flee. Um, And uh, the fight begins to wear down. Uh, Ivanich sees... uh, Basically, they're, the gladiators are getting their hand butts handed to them, and and they they do kind of come to a things come to a conclusion here, um, and Ivanich and Dazzler have their moment, um, and Dazzler's gonna stay. She's gonna stay here with with the mutants. Now Roberto and uh, Amara they go to the private box of the the villain, and they realize that it's empty. And Amara burns a hole in the ground down into a secret tunnel. And the team enters. So with Amara and Bobby realizing that the villain is gone, Amara burns a hole into the tunnels. It's an escape tunnel and the group quickly follows. Now Kitty does warn them to be careful uh, because she realizes it's a telepath. And quickly roberto 's possessed, and he punches Sam and Rachel. She tries to intervene with her through a, with, with a telepathic straitjacket to kind of restrain restrain roberto and that allows her to be possessed uh, and Rachel mind blasts Ileana, knocking her out of the fight. Kitty punches Rachel in the back 's head. this is exactly what Kitty was afraid of. Um, going haywire here, uh, and she tells Allison Blair, Dazzler, to give her light, and that reveals just who, the villain, and Sam ignites his, uh, his, his ability and flies directly towards her smash, uh, and, and just about to smash into her, and she, he realizes it's karma, um, and karma blasts him with a mind blast, uh, now, by this point, Roberto's recovered himself, and he's shocked. He confronts Karma. You know, he she he he tells her that she, that she should be dead. You know that she they thought she was dead, and you know, he, she basically tells him, "You need to talk to Xavier about that." Like, I think I'm fine, and you need to talk to Xavier about exactly what's going on. Uh, now things have turned karma's not in a great position and it looks like the new mutants have her here uh but she still has all these slaves that are accompanying her and they're possessed still and she has that uh, the the slaves pull knives and put them at their throats and she says you know it's either you you've got me and these slaves die or you let me go and and the slaves live and she asks kitty what you know what's she gonna do and Kitty doesn't respond. She she pretty overconfidently states, "Well, that's pretty much what she expected." She boards a plane and flies off. Um, and Roberto's extremely upset. Obviously, so is everybody else. And Sam regains his feet and he struggles out of the cave and he wants to fly after her, but he's too beaten. He's just too worn out. He just is, there's no way he's going to catch her. Uh, and Roberto. Demand, wants answers he wants to know why Xavier lied about Karma's death and Kitty suggests that he didn't know, he thought she was dead and Roberto's quick to point out that he's the strongest telepath on the planet he, he knew you know there's no way he didn't know and Kitty says well maybe it's to protect you and Amara pipes up that hey you know they're going to go after her that that the new mutants take our, care of their own, and Kitty says, "Well, I think you should just you know leave this to the X-Men," and Sam's quick to point out that after the last, after the beginning of the Secret Wars, the last we knew, they didn't know even if the X-Men were still alive. They knew the power of the Beyonder, and you know who knows the X-Men might not even be alive anymore. And Sam's not willing to trust Magneto anymore. He's just not ready to do that. So his only real option is to to go, you know, it's for the new means to go after Karma to try to figure this out. And Kitty's not sure that this is a great idea, but she'll cover with the X-Men, she'll cover for him. Uh, and that she's also uh, told, tells them, hey, you know, if you need anything, don't hesitate to call for help. And Sam tells her, you know, they'll be the first to know. And Roberto asks, if they have a chance, and Sam tells him, "Beats me, Bobby." But Shane was the first new mutant, our teammate and our friend. Whatever it's cost, we gotta try. And that's how this issue concludes. That's that's the end of of the Zinkevich run on the new mutants. Uh, the end of the Gladiator arc, and we realize that Karma is in fact alive, and is now the main uh antagonist of the next arc. And the new memes are gonna try to figure out exactly what they need to do to save her. Um now we have some character sheets here. We have some uh an empath sheet um with uh Charles Xavier's file and then Cat's eyes got another a sheet here as well. Um I'm not gonna spend any grey teotale on them. Uh I am pressed for time to get this issue concluded. Uh, it's been pretty hairy this last couple of weeks uh, with the new baby, but hopefully I can maintain uh, my recording schedule, because this is a lot of fun, and I think as I get used to having a kid around, it'll get easier and easier to record. Um, this this issue I know was rushed through, um, but uh, you know, um, I'm going to continue to try to, to, uh, to record, um, these episodes and get them up because, uh, I know consistency is super important to podcasting. And like I said, it's something I really enjoy. And just because I have a kid, I shouldn't stop doing what I enjoy. (laughs) So next week we will dive into issue number 32 and, uh, See what happens with the new mutants and karma. So, yeah, until then, keep reading those comics. So, this issue for it being the concluding, like, story, um, in terms of the Zinkovich run on new mutants, it just seems to me, in my personal opinion, it just seems like kind of a whimper, um, in terms of like. The boundaries that he's pushed Especially when you can compare Any of the stuff that he and Claremont did To what they did with the Demon Bear Saga Now it's also I think true that like It's You're spoiled by it um, At least I feel though I have been spoiled by Zinkevich, And now like the stuff that he's doing You know It's It's not that it's not brilliant Because it is, and it is And it's pushing boundaries But like it was jarring when you when I first looked at uh the Demon Bear saga compared to like Salbu Buscema's art. Um so you know it's it's sad to see him leave. Um I would have liked to see him continue his work on the new means and see what what else he could have done, you know, but that being said, we're, we're going to move on to like Leliola and Leleola, and, and he's an extremely talented artist in his own right. So that's going to be exciting to see, um, going forward. Um, uh, I, I think it's also worth, uh, pointing out, um, Rachel, when she, uh, realizes there's a presence, a telepathic presence uh, a powerful telepathic presence a mal- 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 an evil i can 't say the word right now um malevolent telepathic presence around um i i suspect she's she 's referring to the shadow king and 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 uh we we know that the Creek king had been uh, had been troubling. The New Mutants way back in issue six. So this is a story arc, a story thread that has, it's finally being picked up almost, you know, 25 issues later. So, you know, way to go, Claremont. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a, it's exciting. I like Karma. She's a great character. Um, it's good to see her back. I don't like, as I've already stated, you know, what happened in terms of her weight gain and that that is, like, part of her you know, being evil, uh, I also forgot to mention in this issue that, uh, during, uh, Karma's escape, her uncle, uh, is arrested, he's the kingpin, uh, in San Francisco, you know, this crime lord, um, extremely powerful, influential crime lord, and he's arrested, uh, in this issue, so, um, Yeah, things are really in flux right now. We've got the Secret Wars going on. Professor Xavier's not in good shape. The X-Men, who knows what's happening to them, at least in terms of, you know, what are the new mutants aware of. Uh, Xavier and a few of the other members of the new mutants are not back yet. And uh, we've got part of the group here in California, and uh, Rachel and Kitty and Dazzler are going to be going back to, to the X-Men So it's right now it's, as, as the roster stands It's it's Ileana um, Roberto Amara And Sam Those are the new mutants And they're the ones That are going to continue on To try to figure out What's what's happened to Karma uh, So yeah Next week like I said We will dive into Issue uh, 32 And uh, we will See what happens With Karma So Yeah, should be fun. James Explores the New Mutants is as always recorded in Iowa City, Iowa and is produced by myself using the Anchor app. New episodes are published every Wednesday and can be found wherever podcasts are available. You can reach the podcast on Twitter at Explore New Mutant via email at ExploreTheNewMutants at gmail.com Visual Companions to the episodes are available on Facebook and Instagram by searching James Explores the New Mutants. Another cool way to reach the podcast is via Anchor Messenger service. It's a great way for you, the listeners, to become involved with the podcast. It allows you to record minute-long questions, comments that I can then place directly into the episodes. So I highly encourage it. It's really, really cool, and I like using it. So please, reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Um, Anyways, like I said, next week we dive into the conclusion, Episode 31, The New Mutants, Saturday Night Fight. Until then, keep reading those comics.